Welcome to Recovery His Way. I'm your host, Tom Reynolds. We're blessed to have Aaron Smith with us today. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Um, We've been discussing these the 12 steps of AA and we've been kind of dice we've dissected them a number of ways we've looked at them in terms of how they relate to the Bible and scripture and biblical teaching and then we've kind of taken that and we've you know been talking to various people about how they have seen those biblical teachings in that the practice of those steps kind of be worked out in their own experience and kind of look at the real time you know boots on the ground kind of what does this step look like and so um Today we're going to be talking about the eighth step. We'll get into more of that in a minute. But, um, you know, one of the things I was excited to have you today, I mean, um, this weekend you're going to be graduating your nine months here at His Way. And so congratulations on that. I know you're excited and your family is excited about that achievement. And then um, also you're planning on staying a a part of our advanced recovery group and staying plugged in and, and involved in continuing the program and giving back to the guys here and, and, and continue to work on your own recovery as you do that. And the importance of that, I think, is critical to recovery. But um, I guess to get us started, I'd like maybe you to share with me and with our audience just kind of what your recovery journeys look like. Well, um, you know, I was raised in in the church. My grandfather's an elder in uh, <clears throat> one church here local. Mm-hmm. The other one was a deacon mm-hmm. in the Church of Christ, and uh, my parents met at church. You know, it goes all the way back. So um, I had a good foundation of um, I knew of God uh, very strong, but I, I feel like I didn't know God really until I got here. Okay. Um, or start that mm-hmm. start that personal relationship mm-hmm. with Him. Right. Um, I was. Uh, you know, I was raised in the church. Um, I didn't start using up until my teenage years. Mm-hmm. My uh, my parents got divorced, and um, through the relationships that they went through after after that, um, I found myself not wanting to be home. You know, mm-hmm. so um, there's nothing. You know, real, nothing that I have a grudge against them or anything. It's just at that time. You know, I was young right. and uh, impressionable, and all that was new to me. I didn't. Right. Right. I was looking for comfort somewhere. Right. And it right. wasn't. It wasn't at home. Right. Not, not through any fault of theirs, really. Just sure. Uh, my parents, you know, were always great. Uh, mm-hmm. Some best best childhood uh, kid could ask for, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I started hanging out with. Uh, you know, I quit sports. I was played basketball, football, all that stuff, and I started. Uh, started smoking weed, um, probably 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, that, of course, my grades, you know, I, I had a full scholarship to Duke at one time, academic, blew that, uh, just everything, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have, uh, didn't have the care to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was rebellious, mm-hmm. uh, but um, after I moved out, um, me and my my first wife, we were high school sweethearts, and we did, you know, we smoked weed, took pills, stuff like that. Experiment in high school. I moved out when I was nineteen, got married, and started drinking. You know, because I was out on my own, and that's probably when everything turned from having fun or experimenting to really a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right. uh, getting away. Uh, 
getting the weather, when the drinking started in excess, I mean, it it really took a turn mm -hmm. for the worse. Right. And it was more of a, a problem. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that, uh, how you say, uh, snowballed. Snowballed into other problems, and that right. caused other problems. Uh, divorce, got a couple of those. How old were you when you first got divorced? Uh, the first one, we actually, we separated because of drugs. Uh, I had chose to get married and start a family and was on that route. Um, she she had some, some demons that were much bigger than mine, mm -hmm. which is why we got divorced. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, she's not living right now. Uh, those, mm -hmm. you know, eventually mm -hmm. took their toll. She died at 27. Wow. Uh, so that, uh, and that took a toll on me. Uh, some would say I, I made the right decision because look what happened. And then if you love somebody, you're always going to, I mean, still, even today, as I've progressed and learned about addiction and conquering it and stuff, there are things that I know now at 40 that I didn't know at 25. Right, so right. there's always going to be that feeling that, well, there's something else I could have done. Sure. Even though, even though sure. we all make our own choices. Right, so, right. Um, so um, at one point I went through another bad relationship after that. I went to jail, did a pretty good stretch in jail. Um, I got out. I said, I got to do something different. So called my dad swallow my pride and uh, ended up getting my 10 years after I got out of high school, dropped out. I ended up getting my GED and started college and uh, everything was going good. Uh, I met my second wife, uh, had my son, we got married, had my son, spent most of my time coaching ball at the ball field, doing homework stuff, being a dad. That was my purpose. That's, you know, all I ever really wanted to be. Um, and then started drinking again, not, well, because I wasn't happy with our marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, I love being a dad. The kids, that was great, but <laughs> being her, well, you know, right. uh, but I tried to do the right thing for the kids, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so after we split up, had some custody problems, nosedive again, and uh, basically, uh, I ended up quitting, I stopped drinking, it's been about seven, Eight years, my dad passed away. That uh, attributed to the nosedive, the divorce, and then my grandfather. Um, so I ended up quitting right after my grandfather died. I quit drinking, and there was about a year gap, and I started doing meth. Um, and then that just—I mean, I had four DUIs previously from drinking. I thought it ruined my life, man. I'll tell you what, meth brought the pain. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it really blew up my charges. You know, criminal uh, legal trouble increased to from misdemeanors to felonies. Um, a lot of uh, way more isolation with my family. And I I'd heard on one of those stamps, uh, Justin Parker, which you know, mm -hmm. uh, seen him in jail, and he had told me about this place. Mm -hmm. So I always kind of knew that I was gonna come here. Uh, I'd grown up with Justin at North Parkway Church of Christ. And uh, I knew I was going to come here some kind of, somehow, some way. And when I did, it was going to be the turning point. I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I wasn't going to do it in the middle of addiction. I was going to, I was going to have to be backed up in a corner, pretty okay. much. Okay. And so that God 
put that in my life. There's <laughs> <laughs> a way of and, doing that. Well, he just let me do it. And uh, <laughs> so I did that. And, um, you know, I got, I got furloughed here. Um, and I've seen all these people from my life. Like, you know, I, your daughter-in-law, I, mm-hmm. I grew up with her, uh, her brother, and uh, her, her parents out uh, in church when I was a teenager before all this started. Uh, Barry Johnson, the, the house, Jeff Johnson, mm-hmm. the same thing. Uh, the first people I seen when I got on the way here was Mike Marquetta and Blake mm-hmm. Peppers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go back to high school with them. So mm-hmm. it was God kind of showing me that I was at the right place. Mm-hmm. And um, man, it's just, it's been a blessing here. Um, you know, me and my mom weren't on speaking terms before I came here. And I had somebody get in touch with her and tell her about this place and, and she's all for it and still is. I mean, she's, she says she got her son back. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've been here, um, and I kind of made that change before when I was in jail, because I, like I said, I knew when I did come here, mm-hmm. I was I was changed. I was, there was no turning back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a good example set for me all my life my, for my family. I know what God in your life. I know how I know how that turns out. Right. So um, I made that commitment before I even got here, and I've stuck to it. Um, as the nine months, you know, nine month program has dwindled down. I kind of felt like, man, I'm not done here yet, you know, and uh, it's not so much for me that I'm staying, but these other guys and helping, given what I, what what example and and uh, what I've learned uh, throughout this process uh, to some of those guys, and maybe that can can change some lives and their families and and spread that on out. Man. Sounds like you know. You know, and for a lot of us, and I appreciate what you're saying, you know, you made a decision uh, before you ever got here that, you know, and you expected something to happen here. What what did you expect to happen here and what happened here? You know, I don't really know what, what I kind of knew what this place was about, per se. But you really you can. We've all got our own personal stories of what God's done for us and signs He showed us, mm-hmm. and until you experience that, you just really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not that it's not that we want to cram Jesus down your throat, but man, if you knew, if you just knew what those chains breaking mm-hmm. and uh, what what freedom and hope and love and and everything that comes with it, man, you you'd be telling everybody too, right? Um, so I don't know, I don't really know that I, what I expected, uh, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was going to, you know, I was tired of mm-hmm. the way things had been going. Right. And there was only one choice. And, and uh, I knew God was here. Mm-hmm. I knew that. And um, from the second I walked in these doors, I um, mean, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff, the... The process is amazing. Um, it's really in depth. I was a psychology major in, in college, so mm-hmm. just really the the depth of the process and how it's allotted throughout the nine months is just it's amazing. And if you put the uh, you know the story of Jesus and grabbing the woman grabbing the garments, if you just grab them coattails mm-hmm. and hold on. 
man, they, they can do it for you. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You got to be committed. Uh, I, I really don't know what I expected, but right. I got it. I got way more. You know, that's scripture too. You got way more than what, what we can imagine. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know we're, you know, we're talking here about the eighth step. So I want to kind of take yeah. us there. Um, the eighth step talks about making a list of all the persons we've harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Um, the first three steps, as we've kind of talked about, the first three steps kind of deal with kind of reconciling with God, you know, kind of running out of yourself, kind of realizing you for God, coming to that decision to, to submit ourselves to Him. Then really the next few steps had to do with kind of reconciling and making peace with yourself, you know, kind mm -hmm. of making a list of the things that you've done to harm others, uh, beginning to become aware of those things and, and, right. uh, and you know, confess those things, admit those things. And now as we hit step seven and eight here, I guess step eight, um, we're starting to think about making peace with other people. Now we've kind of moved to the next step, which is finally, and, and I think it's an important process and takes a long time to work because a lot of times what we want to do is we want to kind of get in recovery, get a couple of, you know, we can have a couple of positive meetings, we kind of make changes, then we're going to run out and, and reconcile with the world, make everything better with everybody and all that kind of stuff. And that usually doesn't tend to work very well because we haven't really reconciled with ourselves or with God yet to even be ready for that. So right. working this process and coming to the point of now saying, okay, I'm going to make a list of people that I'm willing to make amends to and kind of start that process of preparing myself for that. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in kind of what does that, what does that look like for you? What, what has kind of brought you to that? How have you worked that process yourself? Get prepared to make the list. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, as you said, and I love that you said that because I was looking through the spiritual journey book earlier, just to go over step eight. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that I hadn't noticed it before, it said amends are principally for our own benefit. They're not for the other person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really notice in that book, but it, that's exactly, I, I knew that mm -hmm. uh, through doing that. But I, I've, um, making, um, I think we've talked about this before, because uh, I wanted to either do step four or step eight. I think they kind of go together. Mm -hmm. um, I found myself doing a much more in-depth moral inventory on myself, making a list of people who I had, I had wrong. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the paradigm shift that happens through this nine-month process, mm -hmm. um, I didn't see a lot of things the way I see them now. Mm -hmm. um, right. So I've seen some wrongs that I didn't even know that I, you know, that I, that I had done, whether it be, uh, you know, they've got material, spiritual, and, uh, and moral. Mm -hmm. So, um, some of those things like being, uh, being absent from my son's life for the last few years, that was obvious, but there's some other things that I didn't, I didn't realize I had, I had wronged, and, and those people may not mm -hmm. either. Right. So it's just looking at things uh, through a whole different lens. Right. Well, you brought up a good point because you mentioned, you know, step four, you make an inventory, you make a list. Yeah. Then step eight, you're making another list. Right. How, how, are those, how are those lists different? I mean, what, what makes them different? You, you made it sound like in some ways that the, 
the step four list is kind of a almost like a beginning point, and then the step eight list is almost a deeper deeper dive into what we started with on step four. But I mean, it was that it was that way for me. I don't know if that's a common thread in everybody's journey, but it definitely was. I thought I was pretty in tune with myself, you know, a fearless moral inventory. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that I didn't do that before, but I had there's some growing maybe that I did in mm -hmm. between steps four and eight, right? Um, to allow me to see some things different, and um, you know, I, and they're not. I guess I guess it's more particular. Mm -hmm. um, some of those the qualities I had listed, but the actual events, <clears throat> the particulars. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think the qualities that I had listed on the moral inventory changed, but it was really an eye-opener to see the the depth and, and the, the ripple effect of mm -hmm. those two. Right. Yeah. Well, I know this step, I mean, really when you do step four, then you're talking about going and talk, confessing it to guide yourself and, and another person, right? right? Step eight now, we're making a list in which we're going to go and speak specifically to other people and that type of thing about that process. So. Um, I like what you've said about this time. It's kind of like what you said earlier. It's like, you know, what you know at 40 is a lot different than what you at 25, right. you know, and you wish right. you would have known that then, but there was no way for you to. Mm -hmm. um, and what you understood in step eight in terms of what your inventory looks like right. is a lot different than what you were at at step four because of that maturity and that growth process as well. Exactly. So, um, I think all of us go through that, you know, it's, it's, and of course we can get trapped. You mentioned earlier, you can get trapped in the guilt trip right. um, of thinking, well, if I only did what I was 20, what I'm doing 40, if I only did that when I was 25, all these things, well, there's no way you can do at 25, which you know at 40, because you know it, there's no way there's an impossibility to do. Um, so extending grace to yourself, God extending grace, God's extending grace to us. I mean, he understands our development process, just like a parent. Um, and chances are, when I was 25, somebody probably told me that, but I wouldn't listen. Right, right, you know? sure. Well, I mean, you know, a parent who's training their child right. understands that, you know, one day they'll be riding a two-wheel bike, but right now they need training wheels, yeah. and they don't get mad at them because they need training wheels, they're just not ready for the, and it's just a process, right? You gotta work that process, and everything's about that. And so if your parent, as a parent, you can understand the growth process of your child, right. how much more will God not understand exactly. the fact that as his child, your growth process when you're 25 to 40 is going to be different to what you're able to do now. Right. Far different than what you were able to pull off when you're 25 years old. I've made that similar statement to the guys out here is uh, what kind of love God has for us, mm -hmm. man. Because he knows, even when we don't know, mm -hmm. he knows exactly what we need, whether it be tough love or what that might right. be. He knows exactly what we need, man. What kind of love is that? Right. That is the, the most high love. Mm -hmm. Right. As a parent, yeah. Right. Yeah. The, so in this step, it says that we make a list of the person we farmed and become willing to make amends. So just what is making amends? What is an amends? What is that? Well, it, it's similar to, uh, I associated it, we, you know, we were talking about repentance last night, true mm -hmm. repentance and true sorrow and um, to, to, to kind of to admit an admittance of, of your wrongs and stating those, a lot of a lot of mine with as far as my family went, I just had to show 
change behavior because they've, they've heard more of the words than anybody has, mm -hmm. has heard throughout this journey. Um, but just owning up to what you, what you have done, uh, kind of describing your mindset, some of those things uh, seem right at the time, or you just, it wasn't a, it may not have been a, an intentional thing, but you know, like the ripple effect and, and collateral damage and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, just showing people that, um, whoever it might be, just that you take an ownership and that it meant something to you, I think that's the biggest part is whether they know it or not, you know, mm -hmm. um, that it meant something to me, whether it had been 20 years ago, but I still remember it. Mm -hmm. So I think that has a lot of effect to the other person as well. If, you know, if that's still bothering me after 10, 15 years and they don't, they don't even know what I'm talking about. Right. You right. Know, so. Yeah, most of the time this amends process is, again, like you said, more about you yeah. um, than it is about them. In most cases, a lot of the things we're going to make an amends about they may not even remember or may not be a significant thing to them while it's been right. haunting and tormenting us for whoever knows how long um, in our life. And by and large, people have a, a mindset about you and that's what they remember about you. So mm -hmm. if they have a, they might remember that if they have a bad, a bad over, <clears throat> overture mm -hmm. towards you. But if they have a good one and just remember that we tend to remember good things. Mm -hmm. So they probably don't even remember. Right. But it's more of a, a personal thing. You know, if you get it out there, you feel a lot better. I just made amends with my grandmother a couple of, probably about a month ago. And uh, I had pushed that off uh, for reasons of uh, kind of rejection, not, not really rejection, but kind of something like that. Maybe I, I I didn't want to hear maybe what she might have to say. <laughs> uh, How did it go? Tell it was great. Okay. Um, I felt so good mm -hmm. uh, after that. And how'd she respond to you? Was she mad at you? Was she? No, no. She was. Uh, she was just glad that I come to my senses. She. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and it, it and it's always. Uh, I found we always make things worse in our head than mm -hmm. it really is too. Um, but, you know, it's great, man. Uh, I'm fortunate that God's blessed me to have somebody that was receiving like that mm -hmm. and just there with open arms. Mm -hmm. um, just glad, you know, know me better than to define me as the, the things I did wrong. Right, right. I mean, yeah, that's great. So um, do you have other amends that you're looking at making still? Is there still some you've kind of held off on or back, you know, kind of in dealing with still or what, how, where are you at on that? There's, there's a couple. I don't know if I will ever get the chance to do one of them. Not that I don't want to or wouldn't. It's just, I don't know that they're regionally or mm -hmm. geog geographically, mm -hmm. right. they're, they're not around here and I don't right. know that. I don't know how that'll work out. Um, my son's mother's another one, mm -hmm. and I don't know how that'll work out either. But uh, it's going to happen. I mm -hmm. that. Whether 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 or not she takes it as, as well as others, that's up to mm -hmm. her. And right. all I can do is what I can do. Right. I think that's critically important. A lot. So many times we trap ourselves in 
overanalyzing these steps or stopping short of them because we um, project what we think the response of others is going to be, and then we justify not taking action area because we already have prejudged in our right. judgmentalism um, what somebody's going to do and how they're going to respond, so therefore they won't be receptive or it won't go well, so therefore I'm not going to do it. Whereas these steps don't, it's, it's not a condition of controlling outcomes. It's about trusting God to do what he's called me to do and do this process right. and trust the outcome to God. I mean, um, your grandmother, you know, loved on you when right. you talked to her about those things. She didn't rehash them and, and kind of belabor them. Or right. and, and if that has to happen, then God will have you prepared to deal with that when that time comes. Right. 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 I know one of the things about amends is that, um, talk about financial amends, you know, sometimes it's, most of the time it's about going and just admitting problems and reconciling, but sometimes legitimately things got stolen, um, more money was borrowed, never paid back, those kind of things. Um, what's the process? I mean, I don't know if you have any financial amends that you're making right now, but what's the process um, of dealing with just the more physical kind of amends? Um, I don't, that's the one that I didn't have so much experience with. Mm -hmm. um, which is a good thing. I, I now that there's some things like um, what do you call those? The things that are passed down. Inheritance. It, uh, heirlooms. Heirlooms. Okay. Maybe maybe those kind of things mm -hmm. that have lied and lost them. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as deaths uh, or anything, that's not so much me. Um, I would I would say. Um, because I, I think they're they're all kind of intertwined as a spiritual uh, a deceit mm -hmm. a deceit or a dishonesty mm -hmm. uh, no matter if it's spiritual material whatever right. I think it's it principally it's the same thing right um, but yeah I know I know that that's a that's a big one mm -hmm. uh, and it's usually it usually involves family and, and things so. You just gotta let God handle that, um, because you're, you know, all, all these are all these things are washed away. You've been forgiven, right. um, and you, you know, they're never gonna happen again. That this is your new creation, right? So, I know, um, you know, we always talk about, you know, um, you know that that um, actions speak louder than words, and so sometimes, and even with your grandmother. The yeah. fact that you went to her, that you went and had sat down with her and had that encounter, that probably spoke more volumes than what the words were. The fact that you took action, yeah. um, paying off debts and that kind of thing is more about the action. All of a sudden, somebody starts getting, you know, cash in the mail or a check in the mail, paying off some debt. That's a profound impact versus going and kind of giving us a bunch of lip service and telling about, you know, just actions speak louder than words here. Mm -hmm. One of the things I want to end on here um, is I know this is the eighth step. There's 12 of them. So um, is this, is making amends, making this list, becoming willing, is this a one-time thing? Is this something we do regularly? How do we, how is this process worked out more regularly in your life? Or is it just, you've done that, we're kind of done with that process and I'm glad that that's over with? Well, um, I think, you know, because we continue to grow, I don't, I don't think it's, um, the big ones you can take care of, and then there's there's some that are, 
you, it may take me some more time to, to see these. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, right. There's, I think it's a growing, uh, a, mm -hmm. a growth thing, and uh, I think it's something that it, it'll probably be with you for your lifetime. Right. I think it's because uh, we just don't quit. Right. I mean, yeah. we, I mean, so, we may so. grow and mature and we may do a lot of things in the past. However, as long as we're on this planet, my guess is I'm going to hurt somebody at some point. I'm going to offend somebody at some right. point. I'm going to do somebody wrong at some point. I'm going to have to come to the realization that I need to go make that right. Right. Whether you know it or not. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's kind of our, our cross to carry and, and it's uh, how we can maintain our humility and humbleness. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's designed that way. Right. So, yeah. so it's, it's an ongoing process that continues to deepen my humility, right? I mean, we talk, we've talked about this in this podcast before. How do you grow in humility? I think one of the ways you do it is you practice principles like this. And instead of sitting around thinking that just one day I'm going to read a Bible verse that's making me more humble, or I'm going to read a book that's also going to revolutionize my view of humility, it's working out steps like this where I'm vulnerably putting myself into the grace of others, Mm -hmm. But then I begin to experience a deeper sense of humility. And as I continue to experience your grandmother's grace and those kind of things, it empowers a greater humility and a greater confidence that I can maybe take that next step or have that next conversation. And if something happens with my grandmother next time, it won't sit for 10 years and fester, right? right? I'll deal with it right away because exactly. we've had, we've kind of cleared the air and we're kind of in a different place with our relationship today. Right. Well, I appreciate Aaron, everything you shared on this. I'm glad that you're in this process yeah. and that I know you got some more people to go see and I look, pray for that, that go well and you, you continue to work this process and I'm excited for graduation Sunday. We'll have a great yeah. time of celebration and looking forward to you continuing to be an important part of the leadership team here in the months to come. So Aaron, yeah. thank you very much. Bye. And thank you for listening and viewing um, our podcast today, Recovery His Way. If you'd like to learn more about the program and the ministry here, you can check out our website at hiswayinc.org.